0: Hello, and thanks for listening to This is Yoga Therapy. I'm your host, Michelle Lawrence. This podcast is a venue for sharing topics in the field of yoga therapy today. Whether you're a yoga teacher, yoga therapist, healthcare provider, or individual with curiosity, this is the place to learn about the latest ideas, personal healing stories, research, and work that is cutting edge and making a difference. While you're here, expect to expand your knowledge on the emerging field that is yoga therapy. In today's episode of This is Yoga Therapy, I had the opportunity to interview Melinda Atkins. Melinda Atkins is a yoga teacher, yoga therapist, educator, and the founder and director of Om Home Shala in Coconut Grove, Florida, with a focus on unity in diversity and the acceptance of different approaches to yoga, OM Hom Shala's mission is to promote knowledge of the therapeutic benefits of yoga through teaching, research, and training yoga teachers and yoga therapists. As a 501c3 nonprofit, OM furthers its mission, which is non-discriminatory and ecumenical in nature, through the expansion and development of programming, trainings, community clinics, symposiums, and outreach initiatives in universities, schools, and healthcare facilities, all aimed at shifting paradigms through the use of yoga, yoga therapy, and meditation. Today, OM is deeply committed to offering free yoga therapy program for people of all ages who are dealing with a wide range of chronic diseases and disabilities, including free yoga therapy sessions for Parkinson's and other neuromotor degenerative diseases, free yoga therapy for those facing Alzheimer's and dementia, supported by the Sally Goldman Foundation, a free yoga therapy community clinic addressing conditions ranging from scoliosis to fibromyalgia to post-surgery cancer recovery, and free group therapy sessions on topics ranging from yoga therapy and body image, yoga for stress relief, yoga for teen scoliosis, and many more. OM also creates and delivers curriculum designed to build stress resilience and self-regulation skills for middle and high school students in Miami public schools. It's such a pleasure to have you on our podcast today, Melinda. Thank you. So Melinda, as the director of another accredited yoga therapy program, I've known about your school for some time, and I've heard great things about it, particularly the clinical practicum component of your curriculum. And in addition to the great things I've heard about your school, I'm also really impressed by the work that you do in your community, bringing yoga therapy for free to various populations. And in order to do that, you set up your organization as a nonprofit and get grants and funding to support your efforts. During the interview today, I'd love to delve into these topics and more, but since you and I have never met in person, I'd like to start by getting to know a bit more about you. So can you share with us what first brought you to yoga and then what brought you to yoga therapy? And really, how did this help point you on the path that you're on today? Sure.
1: When I was in adolescence, I was diagnosed with scoliosis. And although growing up, it didn't bother me, as I got older, had three children and was an active sportswoman, the impact of pregnancies combined with a do or die approach to conditioning so getting ready for those black slopes, I ended up blowing out my back, I three herniated discs in my lower spine. And after much ado, I found myself on a gurney in a Boston hospital known for orthopedics waiting in queue for spinal tap as a prerequisite to back surgery that was scheduled the following day no one had told me there was a spinal tap involved and I was super scared. And I asked for something to calm my nerves and they explained to me they couldn't do that because I had to be alert enough to tell them when the spine was tapped. It kind of makes me cringe to think about it, to tell you the tale. But anyway, as I was waiting, an anesthesiologist who was tending to me and I started talking and I said, you know, I really am scared. I really don't want to have this done. And And he said, you know, if the spinal tap comes back with results that are marginal for your discs repair and subsequent fusion, I suggest that you try an alternative. And I asked him what that was. And he told me yoga. This was 25 years ago. Can you believe it? I mean, back then people were calling yoga yogurt. (laughs) I mean, Nobody knew about yoga that much. It wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today. So that's what brought me to yoga. As far as yoga therapy is concerned, I think, didn't you ask me? about? I did.
0: And it it almost sounds like that was your doorway into yoga therapy too. But I'm wondering if there was more of a, a lead up to that. So
1: yes, there was that experience brought me to yoga. Back then, there wasn't yoga therapy, or at least not in South Florida. So About 20 years ago, I introduced a yoga curriculum into a high school PE curriculum, and I taught it for seven years, and we grew the program from two students to hundreds. And I began to work with the school sports teams and design protocols for each sport, along with protocols for injuries that athletes might experience while participating in team sports, such as football, baseball, basketball, soccer, track, and water polo. The school was a private prep school and had a huge um, dedication to athletics. In 2007, I had a paper published about yoga for adolescents. It was published in the Yoga Therapy Journal. And the school that I worked for supported my attendance that year at IAYT's conference in LA. Hmm. And that combined with my 500-hour training from Kripalu, I learned at the conference a myriad of things that opened my eyes as to the possibility of yoga therapy and what it offers. And I realized in some respects that I had been doing a lot of yoga therapy in the design of my protocols for the sports team. Mm -hmm. A couple of years later, I had to step away from that teaching position because I blew out my shoulder and had a really long rehab period And so that was really when I began to focus my attention on yoga therapy exclusively, because I rehabbed my shoulder. When I had run out of physical therapy sessions that my insurance company paid for, then I had to find another source of rehab and yoga therapy was it. And in 2009, in a downturned economy and a shoulder that still ached I enrolled in LMU's first graduating clinical cohort and the die was set. I've been doing yoga therapy continuously ever since that's been my main focus.
0: Wow, what a great story. And you know, oftentimes I meet students and I know plenty of other teachers and personally where we are so drawn to this path because of our own personal healing stories, right? And so I hear that in your story as well. So let's talk next about your decision to set up your Shala or yoga school as a nonprofit organization. So why did you choose to do that? And what doors did that open as a result? And perhaps even on the flip side, what challenges are there in setting up and maintaining nonprofit status?
1: Well, when I began to focus my efforts on yoga therapy, no one had ever heard of it in South Florida before. The focus here in the Miami area tends towards Ashtanga Vinyasa, and yoga therapy was a tough sell. And I realized quickly that to make yoga therapy accessible to all, more people would be drawn to the therapeutic benefits of yoga if the money factor was taken out of it. I figured I wasn't really making any money at it anyway, so I may as well make it accessible to all. I had been offering free series of therapeutic group classes at a South Florida Head Trauma Center and designing protocols for youngsters in Title I schools. And I figured since I worked with a lot of nonprofit agencies, our shala would be better served as a nonprofit, which we've been for about eleven years now. So as a result of that status doors to the world of nonprofits open for us, and it enabled us to apply for grants and to form partnerships with other nonprofits. On the flip side, though, there's a lot of paperwork and time involved, and especially when applying for that nonprofit status, it was a super effort. And once our paperwork was filled out and submitted, it took about a year before we received our status. And during that year, there was a lot of back and forth things that we had to supply to receive that. Maintaining a nonprofit status, it requires a lot of attention to bookkeeping, adhering to state regulations, submitting quarterly annual accounting reports, et cetera, along with a seemingly constant effort of updating profiles for nonprofit platforms It's time intensive and especially with the grants, I think, because it's important to find
0: those grants that are a good fit and it it all takes time. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So becoming a nonprofit allowed you to more fully access the world of grant funding. I read an article that you published in the current issue of Yoga Therapy Today, and I would encourage our listeners to read it as well. But it even said that you took a semester-long grant writing course at your local community college to really help you in this effort. So that's impressive. I mean, you're invested in this, right? So not only did it take a year, what I'm hearing you say, to get your nonprofit status, but you've invested in your own education on how to do it right. So, you know, as you started seeking out and writing grants to fund your initiatives at the Shala, what stood out for you as really important? What were some of the key things that you looked for when looking for grants or that you aligned yourself with?
1: So probably the most important thing I learned from the course that I took was to try not to change our nonprofit's mission to meet the needs of a seemingly incompatible grant. Because otherwise, though, there's an inconsistency and a constant need to readjust to meet the terms of the grant. It's like fitting a square peg into a round hole. It just won't work. And I like to think of identifying a grant as falling in love, really, because uh, you look at it from all different angles, and you start to see the possibilities as you write. And it just works. It's synchronistic. It's a beautiful thing. However, if it's not a good fit, then there's a lot of frustration involved trying to shift what you're doing to meet the demands of the grant, and it's just not compatible. So identifying the grant that and creating a good fit to create a balance, that's a beautiful thing. There's a lot of grants out there, and the ones that are the best fit for the nonprofit are the ones to look for because grant writing takes time and energy, and you don't want to spin
0: your wheels if it isn't a good fit. Can you give us some examples of grants that are a good fit or were a good fit for you?
1: Well, for me, we're a small nonprofit organization, and community grants and foundation grants are the way to go for us. And they are plentiful in our community, as well as there are a couple of state and national grants that we've gotten to along the way, but they're all foundational type grants. And These types of grants are small with awards ranging anywhere from $1,000 to $25,000 or more and are designed to meet community needs, which is a good thing, as this helps to build a base with other community-minded nonprofits. Partnerships are key in the world of nonprofits to sustainability, which is the bottom line for most grants. Most grants want to know what is the sustainability that you're proposing for this program once grant funding has ceased.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think I read somewhere on your website, or perhaps in the article that I read, that you've secured now over $70,000 in grants. Over what period of time is that? Or is that the right number that I'm citing?
1: Yeah, it's probably a little bit more than that, because we just re-awarded a grant that we had. But it is probably, I would say... $75,000 Seventy-five to $80,000 in grants over the past five years, which, okay. you know, does sound like a lot of time. However, every little bit helps with a nonprofit. So and the grants are terrific grants. So I'm pleased with that. I'm pleased mm-hmm. with our efforts.
0: And can you share other tips with our audience about obtaining program funding in addition to the grant being a good fit for the mission of your organization what other tips would you offer to our audience
1: well first of all if you have a nonprofit then you need to offer a lot of classes to the public and they have to be free of charge it's it's preferable that they are and when you're identifying grants not to discount a small grant because it's not enough, because it always is. And if you get one grant for one project, that doesn't mean that that's exclusive. You can also get other grants to help fund that project as well, which often happens. And uh, matching funds are also a wonderful, wonderful thing. I we applied for a grant a couple of years ago and we got it and it was wonderful. And I was writing the end of the year report and in fine print at the bottom, it said something to the effect that if you can find matching funds, we will award you another grant year. And Mm -hmm. it was probably like December 30th and the grant report was due the next day. And I was able to call a couple of our patrons and, We were able to raise the funds and we got matching funds. And that was the beginning of our work with Alzheimer's, which was super. It was a great gift for the new year to many.
0: Excellent. So turning away for a moment from how to access grants and funding, I'd love for you to share more about the great programs that you're doing in your community as a result of the funding partners that you've worked with. I mentioned a few of them at the beginning of the interview, but I'd like to hear more about the positive impacts you're making in your community by offering free yoga really to those who are in yoga therapy to those who may not otherwise have access to it. So can you highlight some of those programs for our listeners? Sure. So
1: to date, we offer free yoga therapy group classes and community. We also offer a community clinic twice a week and grant based classes and we have served thousands of individuals not only in Miami-Dade County but also in Broward County as well our community clinic is free of charge and it's waitlisted with people trying to get in and i found that by making yoga therapy financially accessible we've metaphorically extended our reach because you know what is yoga if
0: not shared sure yeah And so you work specifically with people who have Alzheimer's and other neurological diseases, right? And you're also doing school based programs. I'd love for you to just kind of tap in a little bit more, if you don't mind, and just share with us some of the other great community initiatives you have going on.
1: Well, we have a big commitment to the Parkinson's Foundation. They have funded us for five years, and we have had programs for Parkinson's, people that have had Parkinson's for a while. We've also had programs um, for newly diagnosed Parkinson's. And we've created partnerships with other nonprofits so that we use their venue and we have the classes there. And it's a wonderful thing because not only do people hear about the programs from us, but they also hear about the programs from the YMCA. And so that's just one example of one of the community partners that we have in the Miami-Dade area. We've also partnered with Holy Cross Hospital in Broward County, and there are other partnerships that we've had here locally as well with other nonprofits. Mm -hmm. So some of those nonprofits have students already too, and, and that's really helpful. But we never seem to have a problem obtaining students for our clinics and group classes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this free model is really attractive, isn't it? And I would imagine, though, that the grant funding that you get to offer these classes for free to the people who need it doesn't mean that the yoga therapist is offering their services for free.
1: That's right. And generally what happens is is that As a person cycles through protocols and finishes, oftentimes they want to continue. Mm -hmm. And if it's possible, we'll allow them to continue with another clinician. However, what happens after, say, nine or 10 visits, they become accustomed to the therapist that they're working with, and they want to continue that. And if so, then they're able to book appointments with that therapist and they can, you know, they pay just like somebody would be paying if they came in and took a private. Mm -hmm. We offer packages as well. It's something that we really don't push because we're just, we're so busy (laughs) unless they really come in and ask us specifically. We don't really, I guess that's the source that we need to tap more. But honest to goodness, we're so busy in doing what we do. The commercial aspect just isn't something that we focus on
0: too greatly. It just seems to happen. Sure, sure. No, but I I think you answered the question in a couple different, maybe there's a couple different answers to this question. So while the classes are being offered for free, right, and so... I'm not suggesting that right for the moment right now that the individual wants to pay the yoga therapist, but is the yoga therapist being paid through their grant funding
1: to? Oh, I see. No, they're not. But what happens is with the grant funding is that if I have, say, a student that's graduated from our program, I may tap them to lead the protocols maybe to help design the protocols. In one instance, I have a a wonderful yoga therapist and I've worked with her for a number of years in designing protocols and I feel confident she designs them now and she'll send them to me for a once over. She is compensated. Mm -hmm. So she's paid from the grant and she's paid well. Mm -hmm. And our yoga therapists in training, they support the class through assisting And they
0: are not paid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I gotcha. But I think that there is room in the world of yoga therapy out there. And and perhaps you could, you know, agree or disagree with this. But for yoga therapists to establish themselves and their businesses as nonprofits to seek funding and then also be paid right through the grant funding for the work that they're doing in the community. Right. That's right. And I, you know, I, I hear so much and you probably do, too, about, this interest in getting yoga therapy reimbursed by insurance because of we want to be able to give people more access to it. And I think another model that could be considered here would be for the yoga therapist to seek out grant funding and other sources of funding to offer low cost or no cost yoga therapy and still make a living as a yoga therapist.
1: That's a great point because you know, the time and effort it would take for insurance reimbursement and filing paperwork and keeping up with that, one could use conceivably use that same time to write a grant.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I know of several yoga therapists who have successfully done that, and that's part of their model today. And I, I'd love to see more of it, right? <laughs> so let's talk about the Yoga Therapy Community Clinic just a little bit more. You mentioned it. And so this is something that you have at your center, right? Where it's free yoga therapy services for individuals. And it's part of the training process in your 800 hour curriculum as well. Can you talk a little bit more about how it's set up and there's a wait list for it now? So how do people find out about it and how do the yoga therapists in training get the benefit from it? It sounds like an amazing program. Thank you
1: our community clinic, it's offered twice a week for 10 months out of the year. And each case study comes approximately nine times. They have seven evolving protocols, as well as a pre and post assessment. And we find that without the restrictions that often come with charging folks, people are a lot more apt to give yoga therapy a go. And when a case study finally is given a space in clinic, they don't tend to cancel, which is a boon to our students who are looking for the complete experience of working with a case study from start to finish. So when you have committed students that are here on a regular basis, then the clinician is able to do their work and have the total experience. Our clinic also adds a benefit to those in our community who've tried everything for their condition. And Oftentimes, comes to us as a last resort, so it's again a synergistic experience for all.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And so those yoga therapists in training, they're getting direct supervision as well as they're working with clients, right? Yes. Yeah. It sounds like a great program. Finally, and I'd like to ask this question of each of our guests in our training programs at Inner Peace Yoga Therapy we teach our students who are studying to become yoga therapists that one of the key pillars to doing the work of the yoga therapist is to first have your own steady daily sadhana or spiritual practice. And this sets the foundation and comes before holding space and doing any work with others. So I'm curious, can you tell us what your daily sadhana looks like? You know, I have a daily asana practice
1: and It's changing constantly to meet my body's needs. My body has had injuries and surgeries and my practice isn't what it was 40 years ago. But I work mindfully each day also to integrate asana and pranayama into activities of daily living. So whether I'm driving or standing in line at the grocery store, I'm always on the lookout for an opportunity to integrate, not just for myself, but to share with our students as well. They often, these activities of daily living often show up in protocols. And also, as I've aged, I've noticed that my pranayama practice has become stronger. And as have my times for daily meditation, I make a point of sitting for at least 10 minutes up to three times a day and just sitting. And it's kind of like my answer to Miami's espresso break. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, a good one.
0: Thank you so much, Melinda. It's really been a pleasure to speak with you today. And hopefully I'll get to meet you in person one of these days. Yes, I'd like that, Michelle. Thank you for taking the time
1: to set this up and interview me. Thank you.
0: This has been a production of Inner Peace Yoga Therapy. To learn more about us, visit innerpeaceyogatherapy.com. And by the way, the music that you're hearing today is from the John Stickley Trio.